is Jeff Cooper, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. We're glad you could join us today. In almost two weeks, my wife and I will be heading to Europe. For my wife, this is her first trip, as we see both the United Kingdom and France. For me, it's a returning trip, but as it relates to visiting Disneyland Paris, it has been some 17 years since I last visited. I am anticipating this trip and excited to not only take in all that is precious and beautiful about this park, but to be able to see things I haven't had a chance to see before. I'll walk through both the Disneyland Paris Park and the Walt Disney Studios Park to outline places that are new that I haven't taken in before, even places you may never have heard of. I'll also talk about the resort end of the experience, and I'll discuss some really wonderful things I may be missing as part of this experience, either because I was too late or perhaps too early <clears throat> Avengers Campus. Well, join us for this. Looking forward with anticipation to Disneyland Paris podcast. We appreciate you joining us and make sure you check out our site, disneyatplay.com, where we not only outline, we have some links. In fact, an important link that you're gonna wanna check out is an earlier podcast. During the pandemic, I really felt strongly about doing a podcast that would celebrate each of the parks around the world. In fact, I not only did all of the parks internationally, I did also um, the water parks at Walt Disney World and the Disney Cruise Line and Disney's Alani, as I recall. And um, the one thing I had never did, I didn't really do, is the Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. Uh, we touched on it a little bit on the uh, what I love most about Disneyland Paris, and the link will take you on the site too, to that podcast as well, some wonderful photos um, that we take. In fact, um, <laughs> one of the challenges with that trip 17 years ago is um, there were actually um, two trips. I, my first trip was actually in um, early 2000. We went in the dead of winter on our way to South Africa, uh, myself and a marketing and sales lead who um, got uh, accidentally fell or slipped on the stairs in, um, in the restaurant uh, attached to uh, this, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So that was a messy, crazy, I'll never do that trip again. But. Then I ended up doing two other trips, um, again, one in the dead of winter and then one in the beauty of summer. I had just gotten a new, uh, my first digital camera, and lo and behold, I could take up to 17 photos before the whole thing was full. Um, I laugh because actually, when you think about old um, Kodak cameras and so forth, you usually only had like 10 or 24 exposures anyway on a, on a roll of film. But, and I, I, you just didn't know to expect anything else. So one of the reasons why I really, I mean, because in the last 10 years, I have gone so many times, not of course living here at Walt Disney World and also Disneyland doing a lot of business, hey Talia, out in California, but also um, doing business in Singapore afforded me an opportunity to see Hong Kong, Disneyland, 
uh, Shanghai Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland repeatedly. And I've gotten a lot of video and a lot of photos of all these parks. I am so short on video and photos of this park. Um, there are some. And the, and the podcast, the previous podcast kind of goes into some of the beauty and the details. Also, a lot of people don't know that on my um, YouTube site, I have very unique Imagineer interviews. I managed to capture uh, a tape that has not been replayed. Segments of it have been replayed from time to time. But um, Tony Baxter and uh, Eddie Sato and um, um, the Burke brothers um, and Tim Delaney uh, um, and, and of course Tom Morris uh, was also interviewed in this and actually it's a series of videos so you can actually see those videos play out and they give you the imagineering point of view of these um, these uh, locations and they're they're just so fascinating to watch um, you do not want to miss out on that I, Chris Teets talks about Adventureland there was an imagineer assigned to each of the land so you get a really great um, uh, sense of all of the uh, different lands of the original Disneyland pairs. Jeff and John uh, Patrick Burke uh, talk about Frontierland. Anyway, check that out and make sure you subscribe uh, to our uh, DisneyAtPlay.com site so you're notified of upcoming attractions. There we talk about uh, the fantastic Big Thunder Mountain, the crazy Haunted Mansion, the very unique Pirates of the Caribbean, the ultra fast, it's a small world, um, just some, and, and a space mountain, it just, there's some really, we talk about all the really wonderful things. Today I'm gonna talk about the things that I really haven't seen or that I won't be able to see because it won't be available or hasn't been made available or has gone away uh, over the years. So starting out, uh, the one thing I'm looking forward to is an opportunity to stay at Disney's uh, Sequoia Lodge. Disney has several really wonderful, there's a Newport Bay uh, type hotel similar to Yacht and Beach. I have stayed many times in the New York Hotel um, and that was a great experience except that hotel looked old back 17 years ago. It's just been remodeled to the uh, Hotel New York Art of Marvel with a whole um, Marvel overlay. Very cool. Um, but I've done that resort and I'll check that. I'm looking forward to checking out and walking through because uh, the you kind of walk past the Hotel New York when you're staying at Disney Sequoia Lodge, which is kind of probably the reason I chose that over the Newport Bay one, which is even further in my opinion, seemingly, seemingly a further walk away um, from the parks. If you're not familiar with Disneyland Paris Parks, they're a little bit like Disneyland's parks in that um, the Walt Disney Studios Park and Disney and Disneyland Paris Park and Disney Village, which is their downtown Disney, Disney Springs, are all just really off the same plaza. And then the hotels just back up from there. So it's very similar to Disneyland. The Sequoia Lodge is like um, Disney's Wilderness Lodge in that it's based on 
American National Park Lodges built at the beginning of the 20th century. This one is not designed by the same architect who did that in Disney Grand California, but rather French architect um, Antoine uh, Grumbach. Uh, but it is still, um, it'll be interesting to see what that feels like and looks like. Um, it's beautifully, and I, and I always think it's really funny that I'm going to Europe to experience um, the uh, American, to the national parks. Um, but then again, I go to Epcot to experience France and UK and uh, and Canada and all those other places there. So it's it's just all just kind of a fun thing. We will have a chance, uh, particularly in London. We are actually there during the Queen's Jubilee. That'll be fascinating. But then we're going out north uh, to some small villages that are kind of the the birthplace of, of my wife's ancestors. And so we are truly going out into the countryside and getting immersed. Uh, and then we're going to take a train from there under the channel uh, over to France. So we'll have a chance to just visit the countrysides of both the UK and, and France and just kind of looking forward to that. We'll of course do, do some time in Paris, but, but really I look forward to Disneyland Paris and staying here at this resort, which has, again, this, this, <laughs> American uh, feel to it. Hundreds of sequoias actually were transplanted or they were smaller and brought over. Um, very cool. Looking forward to just the resort experience and being right there on the property. As it comes to Disneyland Paris Park, uh, I can't even get down M Main Street USA without first mentioning that the one number one restaurant I want to visit, although there are a couple others I'll mention, is Walt's an American restaurant, which actually when you start at the base, and I've actually walked the restaurant a little bit. I wasn't able to take a lot of photos again because I didn't have camera. But, um, it's a beautiful restaurant. I'm excited to dine there. Um, Eddie DeSato uh, talks about it as being the Club 33 of Disneyland Paris. There is not a formal Club 33 at that resort. He sees that as the Club 33 for the commoners, he says, because that means you don't have to have a membership. Anybody could stay at that Club 33 or at that at this restaurant. The bottom floor where you check in is 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 in tune with Main Street and and Marceline, um, um, where Walt and Roy had grown up. And then as you go through, it has rooms dedicated to the different lands and to the imagineering art and models and statues that represent. So you have Discoveryland, you have Fantasyland, you have um, Frontierland. And I just, I think the decor is beautiful. The idea that you're looking down from on Main Street USA, very cool. Looking forward to checking out what it might be like to be at Walt's uh, restaurant there. Here's a, an attraction, I mean, when you have so many very cool attractions and big thrill rides like Big Thunder Mountain, you don't necessarily think about going on the Autopia, but Disneyland Paris's Autopia is so beautifully landscaped and is so unique in its design, so set aside, and I just haven't ever had a chance. In fact, I think in the cold weather, it was probably closed, so I just look forward to being able to to experience that attraction and check out the landscaping that was done. A lot of um, um, shaped um, shrubbery and type of things 
uh, like that. Another one, I had the chance to do the storybook, uh, Canal Boats. And in fact, we're actually talking about European canal boats. We're actually, that place we're going up in, the UK actually has canal boats that are very similar to the kind you see at Disneyland's storybook canal boat. Like Disneyland, it also has Casey Jr. Casey Jr., Le Petit Train de Sucre. I, I have no ability with French, but just the idea of reliving those uh, two attractions. And Casey Jr., I hadn't had a chance to do, so I'm excited about that. There are a number of shows. One of them that doesn't seem quite tied to Frontierland, but uh, they do have a big theater out there toward the train station. And inside they do the Lion King Rhythms of the Pride Land. And I'm excited to see what that might look like and how that might uh, differ, not only from Festival of the Lion King at Disney's Animal Kingdom, but the Festival of the Lion King uh, version that is in Hong Kong Disneyland. Just interested in checking that out. I haven't even looked at the YouTube video. I want to kind of be surprised by that. In um, Frontierland as well, there are a couple other things. I have, uh, the Molly Brown was working when I was there. There are two ships that work the rivers of America in Frontierland. The first is um, the Mark Twain, and you're familiar with that ship because it exists at Disneyland, and a version of it is quite similar at the Magic Kingdom. But they also offer uh, a ship called the Molly Brown, and it is a side paddler. Now, Walt Disney World actually had side paddlers in the early days, 50 years ago when it opened. One of them was called the Osceola, and I think the other was called the Seminole. And um, given kind of Floridian names, these are more familiar names, Mark Twain, Molly Brown. For many years, the Mark Twain was kind of in hiatus and was in huge disrepair. But now they're saying that they've kind of remodeled both for the 30th. And as a result, both are currently sailing, according to what it says on, on the site. So I especially want to check out the Molly Brown and see what it, it is like. Moreover, I want to sail around the rivers of America. Remember, if, you've, um, if you're familiar with Disneyland Paris, Big Thunder Mountain is actually on the island in the middle of the rivers of America. And uh, so you get a great view of that attraction right there in the middle. It goes under the river and then comes back up onto the island. But to be able to sail around it and some other uh, sites they have along the way, the, uh, the train also kind of comes along the uh, Disneyland Paris Railroad, kind of comes along. There's some geysers in one corner and it just all kind of comes together as one whole piece. And I'm excited to check that out and see that. There's also, I'm, I'm between two restaurants in Frontierland. There's the Cowboy Cookout Barbecue, which has had a lot of positive ratings and surprisingly as big and immense as this place is, it's actually a counter service experience. So I was a little surprised by that. The Silver Spur Steakhouse is next to the Golden Nugget, which is a version of um, the Golden Horseshoe or the, or the Diamond Horseshoe. That uh, Golden Nugget restaurant makes the other two look um, okay. The detail and the, and the molding and the woodwork in that restaurant is amazing. But I've, 
actually hosted clients there in the Golden Nugget. It was a great experience, but I want to try some other things. So Silver Spur Steakhouse is next door. Kind of interested in that. That's a more formal dining experience. Don't know that I need a big heavy meal, especially if I'm going to do Walt's. And another at Disney, uh, Walt Disney Studios Park that I haven't mentioned yet. But, um, but anyway, I'm looking at that. Going to Adventureland, there's a couple of things going on there. First, going back to food, Colonel Hathi's Outpost, uh, you don't go there for the food because it's like pizza and pasta. And so unlike what you're expecting in Adventureland. And I'm not even excited about the title of it. I'm not, I don't like Colonel Hathi, but it's kind of made it look too cartoonish. But this restaurant, when you go inside and explore it, hint, is actually formerly called the Explorers Club. Explorers Club, similar to the name that you get at um, when, when you're at um, when you used to be at Downtown Disney and you went to the Explorers Club. But this is a different look and feel. It has that Society of Explorers and Adventurers feel, and I'm I'm excited to look for the details that might kind of share that larger uh, story thread that has started to emerge in all of the parks worldwide. So looking to do that. There is another roller coaster um, and it's in Adventureland and it's Indiana Jones and the Temple du Peril. And let me just tell you that that, um, if you watch the video of it, you probably will be, I, I watched the video of it myself and I thought I will never go on it. And yet I've gone on it. And but when I went on it, crazy enough as it was, at that time, they were running that ride backwards. And while it kind of looks a little bit like a wild mouse kind of ride, uh, it, um, in some ways, um, it, <laughs> it really does look kind of scary, even if you're going forward instead of backwards. Uh, it's kind of crazy. However, the images I've also seen makes it look really beautiful at night. So maybe I'll take my courage and try it at night and see what that looks like. Um, I mentioned that there are a lot of shows I'm looking forward to seeing. Dream and Shine Brighter is one of the uh, entertainment experiences that make up what is the 30th anniversary of the park um and uh and it looks it looks very unique um it um dream and Sh let me let me just sum up what this show prepared to be amazed by dream and shine brighter a joyful daytime show specially created for the 30th anniversary Watch in awe as a Floria Festival fun transforms Central Plaza into a colorful extravaganza. Make way as Minnie and their friends dressed in shiny 30th anniversary costumes are there and so forth. What it sounds a lot like is Move It, Shake It, Bake It, uh, as I like to refer it in the Walt Disney World, but it looks like it's done at a much better level. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what that might might end up looking at. There's a couple other things that are also worthy of checking out. Disney Stars on Parade, a new parade I haven't seen. Now, mind you, one component of that is a familiar component if you've been to the Festival of Fantasy Parade because the same dragon that appears 
fire-breathing dragon that appears in Festival Fantasy also appears in Disney Stars on Parade. But the rest of the floats are unique and different, and I'm kind of excited to see what they look like. And then, at night, they have a brand new show called Disney Delight. And if you've not seen pictures of it, it's they have somehow taken drones and created the uh, 30th anniversary logo, which forms a Mickey. Um, and they've lined that up with the castle and with the whole fireworks. It looks really very unique and, and very exciting. So you can see, even though I have spent a lot of time in Disneyland Paris, there, there are some very new things I have never tried before at that park. That's even more magnified when you get to the Walt Disney Studios Park because when I went there, um, it was only a couple of years old and it lacked a lot of things at that time. Um, and there were just things I didn't see. For instance, at the entrance in the front gate area, there is the Walt Disney Studios store, which is their emporium or main gift shop as you exit on the right. I've never been in there. I, I, I can't even think of what that looks like. And I can't believe I kind of missed that experience. Uh, you go into stage one, which is their main street, which is entirely enclosed, perfect for weather. It's kind of a recreation of Hollywood Boulevard with a lot of, but in a nighttime view. Love that. Then you emerge on the other side. Hollywood Tower Hotel, the Tower of Terror, was not there when I first came. It is comparable or uh, identical practically for all intents and purposes to the original Hollywood Tower Hotel at Disney California Adventure. That one has been transformed into Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. But if you want to see what the original Tower Hotel looked like under that design, which in my view is the lesser of all designs, you can check it out there. There are some uh, very interesting shows. Mickey and the Magician seems like a wow show that I'm going to have to go several times to, to see. It just looks like it's so beautiful and fun. Um, it seems to follow some of the similar shows that have been shown at Disneyland and at Hong Kong Disneyland. And I'm excited to see that. I don't usually think about seeing Disney Junior shows, but they've created what's called Disney Junior Dream Factory Show. And it looks much, much more impressive than any Disney Junior show. I haven't been to the Disney Junior show at Disney's Hollywood Studios in a lifetime haven't even ever been to the one at disney california adventure this one i'm gonna have changed my mind on because they've got a big set and it looked very impressive they had a great show movie film and they never had like great movie right but they had this best moments of the movie kind of thing where an actor actually went in and out of the screen and it was in a unique film that is long gone and i don't know why i don't know why it can't still exist in its place is a very strange show that has just opened. It's called National Geographic's uh, Symphony for Our World. And it basically kind of looks like National Geographic's version of Awesome Planet at Epcot. It's focused on some terrific music. It's actually, there's a version of this that actually is like an hour and a half that in length with a symphony that go that is on tour 
This does not look like it includes the symphony, it includes the music, and it's only about 15 minutes. I guess it's a best of kind of thing, but it's intended to, to be kind of a celebration. I like the idea that National Geographic, which you know, is a presence on Disney Plus, should have a presence in the parks, uh, especially Disney's Animal Kingdom. I'm surprised that there isn't a presence there. I would, if nothing else, named um, Planet uh, Planet Watch or whatever, um, Rafiki's uh, place off the train at Animal Kingdom. I would have at least named that after National Geographic or something. Anyway, uh, Ratatouille would have been a new attraction for me to see, but it opened this year at Epcot and I've been on it many times. Not not crazy to have to go on it by any means. However, they have something very different. Beyond the ride, they have what's called Bistro Chez Remy, which is Remy's own. You know, remember if oh, if you've been on the ride, you know that you end up in this little this little restaurant that Remy is running for all his uh, family and friends, the rats, and they're all gathered there. This is a restaurant like that. You sit on spools of thread or, or other, uh, or sit at tables of spools of thread and, and it, it's all done in that size, uh, with big uh, Christmas lights kind of overhead and so forth. So you're kind of shrunk down to the size of a rat and it's supposed to be fairly good French food. So um, it's a unique, I mean, when you're in the land of great French food, how do you do something different? This is Disney's approach to doing something different. Bistro Chez Remy. I'm looking forward to that. We've talked about coasters. Uh, right now, the only thing up and running, and I'll talk about why there isn't uh, something else, is Crush's coaster. Crush has a, a very small coaster, but it's an indoor coaster, largely. And I think it's a spinner. Um, haven't tried that out. Want to check it out? It's got probably the longest uh, line in the entire park because it doesn't accommodate a lot of people at any given time. So, um, but hope to do at least one run on that. And then here's the one I'm really excited about. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but there is, well, if you remember the backstage tram tour, at Disney MGM, later Disney's Hollywood Studios, took a tour to Catastrophe Canyon. Now, Cars Road Trip is, is what they have done at uh, Walt Disney Studios Park to, um, it, they've essentially taken the tram tour and they focused on that uh, section of Catastrophe Canyon. There was a complete Catastrophe Canyon portion as you went through. You'll see the different cars along the way, but then you get to this Cars Catastrophe Canyon um, and goes through. I'm so excited to see this. I miss Catastrophe Canyon. I always thought that was one of the best parts of the original Disney MGM Studios. So sorry that it went. It was closed down. Although I like what was put in its place. Um, so at any rate, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that little road trip at Walt Disney Studios Park. Now in going there, we're leaving the, f well, we're going to be our portion at, um, at, in Paris at the, at the Disneyland, um, Paris Park 
is going to be from the 6th through, we'll leave on the morning of the 10th. There's going to be some things I'm going to miss. And one of them is it's a small world, which um, when I first went on it, I had two observations from that attraction. First was, man, they know how to run this ride a lot faster. The, the jets of water were pushing you through, pushing, pushing you through. That ride was over like in 10 minutes. No sitting and waiting for the thing to empty out. It was, it, it moved through. They also, in that attraction, take the walls down, which is supposed to be symbolic. Um, they still have large mountains and iconic backgrounds that kind of separate the different areas, but it's it's more of a cacophony of that small world sound as you go through. But it was bright and colorful, and up until, I would say it was the most bright and colorful thing I saw until I saw Hong Kong Disneyland's. And that was amazing. And then I saw Tokyo Disney's redo, and that was beyond amazing. So, but still, I, I, I was hoping to see that and catch that. It apparently will be closed and not reopening during that time. Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain. I wasn't caring to go on a Star Wars uh, theme version of Space Mountain. I wasn't looking for that. I was really looking for the original hyperspace, or, well, not hyperspace, but the original Space Mountain, which was themed to Jules Verne and the idea of a cannon shooting you out, which it does. It goes from zero to 60 or whatever very fast and then has a loop uh, and, and a corkscrew kind of thing, I believe, inside the mountain. So very cool. I love that. It apparently doesn't open until the day after we leave so I'm missing that in any version. I'm going to be missing that. Over at Walt Disney Studios uh, uh, Park, Motors Action Stunt Show Spectacular Lights, Motors Action. I originally saw this show at Disneyland Paris before it was built at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And let me tell you, it was a better show in Paris. There was more involvement with the um with the crowd they actually brought them in for some of the shots that were being taken they created you know a whole assembly of shots through it and they had them sit that actually it sounds kind of dangerous now but they were sitting in the restaurant over on one side they were involved in shooting the 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 narrative was both in french and english it just had a it had a beat and a pace that was much more interesting than lights motors action ever became i thought it was great it is closed. It still sits there. Not certain of the future. I think it would be great to make it into a stunt show theme to Avengers Campus, which, by the way, adjoins this space and which looks to be not open. Theoretically, on, in a couple of days, they are announcing when they're opening, which they have said in a teaser trailer is early summer. But summer really doesn't begin until the later part of June. I'll be out of there by the 10th. I don't think I'm seeing Avengers Campus. Disappointing, because I love the one, not only at Disney California Adventure, I love the one in Hong Kong Disneyland. Love the... Um, the uh, um, Iron Man ride, which is a simulator ride at Disney, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. Here, um, they've added 
Well, they've just recently this week named the ride, which was before uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. It is now being called Flight Force. And while I think Iron Man is at the front of this experience, other superheroes come in as part of the experience as well. It sounds like it's going to be a great ride. The Spider-Man ride will also be there. I think the uh, Pim Kitchen is going in. But unfortunately, I heard there's a rumor that maybe they might open the rides early because they're still waiting on the restaurants to be completed. Um, but my guess, I'd just be thrilled to walk around and take a few pictures, even if I couldn't go on a ride. But don't know that any of that is going to happen. But this will change. Boy, this needs to change. Walt Disney Studios Paris because on the list, and it will still be after these rides open, it was on the bottom of all um, 13 theme Disney theme parks throughout the world. I'm, I'm at 13, but it's four at Walt Disney World, two, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Am I missing something? Anyway, it was at the bottom of the list of all of the Disney theme parks around the world, but it was way at the bottom of the list of all the of all those parks, and so it this is going to help us. They're now looking in the future toward a Frozen Land and hopefully a Star Wars Land and a lake with a show on it. So much more to come. Hopefully, and it's a strange uh, layout of a park, but I think they're trying to address the layout issues. Any rate. None of those things will be there, apparently, while I am there. Another thing that we'll, I will be missing is the Disneyland Hotel, which sits right at the entrance. I think if that had been open, I would have splurged on the money and paid for a room there. It just overlooks um, Main Street and, well, the Disneyland Paris Park, and it's right there at the entrance. I think that would have been a very cool place to have stayed, but they have apparently gutted out that whole hotel and are completely remodeling it, taking it to the next level. So that's going to be down for a while. Disney Village. Disney Village, I don't know if I will miss what Disney Village was because I don't think it ever lived up to what it could have been. The original Disney Village, which is their downtown Disney, Disney Springs, had a design by Frank Gehry noted and unique architect who created a village with these kind of um, electrical towers. They were kind of these metal towers and then hooked between them were large lights. It was supposed to symbolize Los Angeles at night. 3,600 light bulbs stretched out. I think by the time I had gotten there, the second time at least, they had removed the light bulbs um, and that had gone away. Uh, one of my, was it? Which trip was it? Was one of my trips. There had been a massive, almost tornado-like storm that had gone through, and the topiary trees that frame the Sleeping Beauty Castle. There was just a lot of damage done, and I think things like that were eventually taken out. The uh, uh, Lights Motors Action Show of uh, Matthias Action Stunt Show Spectacular. That was planned on being closed but COVID closed it earlier. Another victim of the pandemic was Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, 
which one arguably might have um, questioned whether it was the most politically correct show for our time and season, but but it was a spectacle. It was a pretty impressive looking show and I had not had the opportunity earlier to see it. I really hope to see the the stuntmanship, the use of, I mean, there were some really great horseback riders and just a great sense of show. And it, it really, the, the, the French love the American West. And so it, would, it just keeps showing up in all these different places. And this was one place it, it showed up. But unfortunately, that too is gone. So it will be one of, one of the things I'll be missing when I'm at Disneyland Paris. But yet there is so much more I'll have a chance to see, capture, and I'll be looking forward to sharing with you uh, what my experience was and what it was like. So many attractions have been rehabbed and brought back up to a better standard since Disney has bought the place in preparation for the 30th anniversary. I think the park, which is considered just to be one of the most beautiful parks ever created, um, and the and the and the uh, and the tribute to the Disneyland Paris Resort is that a couple of years after um, the park opened, they they did Space Mountain, but since then they have never really added a major attraction. Um, they've you know redone Star Tours and, and some some films. They now have Filler Magic over there instead of. Uh, Captain, the original Captain Neo, which became Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but um, or the audience. But honestly, there has not been major additions made to this park because the park was so well done. Meanwhile, any money that came out needed to be put into the Walt Disney Studios park and still needs to be put in. So more to come on that. Excited to share it with you. Um, hopefully, maybe not this summer, but maybe the summer next. It will be a good time for you to visit uh, Disneyland Paris. Thank you again for joining us for Disney at Play. Appreciate you being a part and appreciate your support by listening. And also, if you have a chance, please visit our Patreon group, which is uh, dedicated toward those who love all things Disney. It's called the Wayfinder Society. And there we have some interactive uh, tools and guides for you that that your donation for as little as a dollar not only helps support this show, but but actually gives you a chance to um, experience some things that you can't experience anywhere else. So check it out. Uh, our Disney at play.com site will give you some links to take a look at that. Again, thanks for being with us. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.